Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 361 of Linux in the Hampshire, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is the Weekender, Weekender edition number 54, and we are going to go through some of the upcoming amateur radio events and special events and contests that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about open source a little bit, not a whole lot, and we'll uh, even throw in a few things that might make life interesting for you over the next fortnight, and then we're going to go directly into hedonism, where we talk about food and booze and all the things that make life worth living. And uh, before we get into that, we should introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so this has been a long, trying day. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. This is a perfect time to talk about hedonism. So we will get to that by plowing through all this other stuff and just... (laughs) Super quick. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we're going to. You get, won't need to put the fast forward on this episode because we're going to talk really, really fast so we can get to the end. <laughs> we're we're going to get that guy who was on TV 20 years ago who talked really, really fast about things. Yeah. You mean Bill? No, 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 no not no. Bill. Oh. <laughs> I forget what his name was, but he was the guy who talked really fast and did a lot of commercials and stuff. And uh, so he's going to do the next episode. Or <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's Sam the guy Wild that guy, reads. Right? He, yeah. He reads the fine print on TV commercials. Right. Yeah. yeah that guy. Yeah. So anyway, let's dive into it. This weekend in amateur radio, what's coming up, Bill? So yeah, we got contest season coming up here. Well, it's always contest season here, but uh, we got a bunch of contests coming up the, for the next two weeks. Uh, this weekend, we have the AWRL 10 gigahertz and up contest. Uh, yeah, hmm, don't have any of that stuff. But anyway, it's a uh, 0600 local to uh, on August 15th to 2400 local August 16th. And its bands are 10 gigahertz to light. And you can use any mode you want. So I'm assuming you can use flashlights. So you can just use your flashlight and do some SOS or Morse code and, uh, and make your contacts that way. Uh, no, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fun contest. A lot of guys do distant stuff here. And this will, this will be always the one where you see people up on, uh, and parking lots on high, high spots with a bunch of other guys with all their dishes pointing in the same direction. <laughs> so. Well, that, that guy with his 57 element Yagi can, can work yeah. so high. Well, he's a, he's a little low. That's a, that was at 1296. So uh, he's got a, he's got a he, yeah, he can just jump it up. I mean, he can retune that thing for, for 10 gig and yeah. <laughs> fry yes. everybody in, you know, for 50 yeah. miles. Put, around, put out yeah. a million Watts at 10 gigahertz and see yeah, what happens. I hope by now somebody has done the math on that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, Yagi for me. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the uh so yeah they can check out this contest obviously it's a it's an annual event so uh and it always follows all the other vhf contests so hopefully uh hopefully you can get into this uh the next one we have here is the tiza cup uh this one i haven't heard about before it runs from 1200 zulu august 15th to 
1159 Zulu, August 16th. Bands are 160 through 10, and minus the ones you know you're not supposed to be on. Uh, of course, the mode is CW. Multipliers are each CQ zone once per band and each Tiza River country once per band. And of course, I had to go look this up. Uh, the, the countries that sit on the Tiza River are Ukraine, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, and Serb- uh, Serbia. So uh, check that out. Uh, I didn't see any state QSO party challenges for this weekend, but don't worry. Next next time is the is the big one here. So yeah, the next weekend we have uh, uh, the CVA DX contest, and this runs from the twenty one hundred Zulu August twenty second to twenty one hundred Zulu August twenty third. Bands there are 80 through 10, of course, minus the ones you're not supposed to be on. And this one is single sideband, so you can talk all you want. Multipliers are each uh, UF once per band. Each UF. Hmm. Uh, each country once only. So, of course, I had to look this up as well. I didn't put the notes here, but I know this is the uh, the federal units or whatever units, Fed Federale or something like that, uh, over in Brazil. So this is basically like the states. So each UF is uh, one of the uh, states or uh provinces or whatever they call them in brazil so you can probably correct me through uh sending us an email (laughs) 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 but anyway yeah so check that contest out and uh hey this weekend uh the weekend of august 22nd we do have a couple of state qsa party challenges we have ohio and we have hawaii so uh you can definitely uh get on there and uh and work both of those and um, pick up Hawaii for uh, all your modes and all your bands. That's always a, always a fun one to try to get because be, all of them will be on, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, that'd be good. And when's the Alaska QSO party? Because I need that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll look that one up while uh, you go over special <laughs> events. <laughs> all right. So in the world of amateur radio special events, we have a few here to mention. The first one is the 2020 Illinois State Fair. This will run from August 12th to August 24th all day long every day the call sign for this special event is whiskey nine india they'll be operating on or about 14250 and 7.150 and the special event station is the illinois special the illinois state fair special event station coming back to life this year covid19 has changed everything the actual fair has been canceled so as not to spread the virulent the virulent virus the virulent virus Uh, How does that affect amateur radio? We are used to communicating during emergencies such as floods and storms, so how is the pandemic any different? It isn't this year, as in years past, any SVRC club member is invited to join. The only difference is that we will be operating from our homes or safe remote locations of our choosing, just not at the state fairgrounds. But W9I will be on the air during those dates, so try and contact them and of course there'll be qsl cards and all that fun stuff links in the show notes next we have a commemoration of the appalachian trail the call sign on this will be november 4 foxtrot it will be operating on august 15th from 1400 zulu to 2100 zulu and the frequencies will be on or about 7.265 and 14.265 on single sideband, 7.045 and 14.045 on CW. Celebrating the 83rd birthday of the Appalachian Trail, and it opened on August 14, 1937. Spans 2,181 miles from Springer Mountain, Georgia to Mount Katahdin, Maine. The Appalachian Trail is the longest continuously marked footpath in the world. And this will be operated by the folks at the Franklin 
Amateur Radio Club in Franklin, North Carolina. And they'll be at Rock Gap Trailhead on the Appalachian Trail. And they will have a commemorative QSL, which you can send them an SASE to receive. So there you go. And finally, we have the National Park Service's Founders Day. This will be November 1 Papa, operated out of Canfield, Ohio, from August 22nd through August 30th, 1,200 Zulu to 2,300 Zulu daily. And the frequencies will be on or about 14.255 and 7.290. Link to information about November 1 Papa will be in the show notes. And they have a certificate available, and you can get that online. And the link in the show notes will tell you how. So a few special event stations that are actually still happening. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And the Alaska QSO party is in January, so it's already out of the running for the state QSO party challenge. Uh, Actually, I found it third weekend of March. Oh. The thing that I posted in the... In the ether pad. Is that the old one or the new one? Because they did. No, this change. this is state this is QSO great parties. Alaska RST party or something like that. Yeah, no, this the it says state QSO parties Alaska third weekend in March. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. Well, it's already passed anyway. <laughs> yeah, but there's one coming next year. So yes, yep. yeah. <laughs> Missouri's the first full weekend in April. Uh, Montana is the fourth weekend of January. Yeah, so we missed all the good ones. Anyway. So moving on from special event stations, we come down to announcements, and what we want to announce is the upcoming episode, episode number 362, our deep dive, which will be an even deeper dive, our part two into Pi Star. We will have with us Andy Taylor, MW0MWZ from Wales, once again, the author of Pi Star, and we will be talking about more stuff that you can do with PyStar, and we'll be getting much deeper into the technical details than we did the first time around. So if you're interested in PyStar and what Bill calls fake digital radio, then... Uh, <laughs> no, not real ham radio, right? <laughs> right, not real ham radio. Yeah, it's a, just a joke, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and stick around for that. We will have a good time talking to Andy, and you will learn a lot, especially about PyStar, about digital operation, and uh, the technology surrounding all of those things. That'll be coming up on Monday, episode 362 of the Ham Shack. So be here for that. And uh, I was sort of put on the spot for picking out a Linux and the Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge. So I just said, work some six meters. <laughs> That's right. E-season is going to be pretty much, uh, you know, closing up sooner, sooner than you want to believe. So uh, get the six meter action in while it still exists. Absolutely. And uh, since I've actually been able to use six meters over the last uh, month and a half or so, I've made quite a few contacts, although the past few days it's been pretty dead. But uh, I'm going to uh, jump back on there and see what else I can find on six meters. So while we're all pondering operating on six meters, Bill's going to tell us about a distribution that you can try that you probably should try because we just rolled it out. So what is it? Yeah, this is the Ubuntu Budgie 20.04.1 LHS build. So at the QSO Today Ham Radio Expo, we created and demoed the latest release of the Ubuntu's LTS build. This means that users of 
1804 LTS will now see this in their do release upgrade uh, without hitting the force option, the famous tech D. <laughs> but if you want to try it, uh, try before you do that, before you run the upgrade, you can always try our build that has all the ham radio pure blend packages installed, as well as uh, CQR lab, uh, CQR log with uh, Maria DB, JS8 call and WSJTX tagged onto the end of that. Uh, you can see it in action on our YouTube video, or you can click the link to download the ISO from our server, or you can do both. It's amazing. So, yeah, links to that are in the show notes, and you can always check out our YouTube video on our YouTube channel, which is also linked in the show notes and on the webpage. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to leave you hanging. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, give that a try. And um, you were... Were you working on a different version of it, or are you just going to put out the budgie? Uh, I'll probably put a Zubuntu out, because I just saw that that one's out now, too. I think all the flavors have finally got their dot .1 releases out. So um, that was the that was the only one I could see offhand besides the uh, the standard Ubuntu build, which I don't really like that much myself. Um, so, uh, so now that Zubuntu's out, I'll probably put a, a Zubuntu build up there as well. And, um, yeah, it'll probably be up there this week, so be on the lookout for that. All right, very good. So for open source events, we're kind of uh, pressed to find anything reasonable coming up in the open source world for events because they're all online and you can just Google for them. And a lot of them are just sort of like one day or half day seminars and things like that. But there is a big one coming up from August 23rd through the 29th, and that is DebConf. So if you want to know all the things about Debian, which I kind of do. I've looked through the calendar that they've come up with, and there's quite a few interesting talks. So, and this runs for a full seven days. So lots and lots and lots of information about Debian. I didn't actually bother to look and see if this was going to cost anything. It's an online conference, so I'm assuming it's going to be free. Um, yeah, I see nothing about, uh, oh, wait, registration information. Here, there's a good page to look at. Free of charge or registration for professionals if you want to give them money i suppose i'm not sure what else you get for it is fifty dollars and corporate registration is 200 so but if you're not either of those things or don't want to hand the money i guess uh it's free so there you go <laughs> um and what i was going to say more about that oh yeah it's the annual conference for Debian contributors and users interested in improving Debian. previous Debian conferences have featured speakers and attendees from all around the world DebConf 19 took place in Curitiba, Brazil, and was attended by 382 participants from 50 countries. And I know there will be at least two talks by John Mad Dog Hall and one by Bruce Perrins um, and lots and lots of other people who are in the open source and Debian communities. So probably well worth a try. And since it's seven days long, surely you can watch, you know, one or two talks or something like that. So, and hey, it's free. So check it out, DebConf 2020 from August 23rd through the 29th. And for the open source challenge, just threw in here, work some six meters with open source software. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Use your WSJTX or your FL Digi or whatever it is, or just log with an open source logger. Or but, you do open source hardware. Do it on an antenna you built yourself. Well, that's true. Open hardware. We don't talk about that nearly enough, do we? So, um, yeah, do something open on six meters, which is hopefully... Open. open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would suck if you were using open open software and open hardware to work on six meters and it was closed. <laughs> yeah, which is normally the case, uh, <laughs> unless it's yeah. T season, you know. That's true. But anyway, the sun the sun's being goofy now. 
right now. So anyway, good luck with six meter operation. And we stalled just long enough for Cheryl to come back so we can dive headlong into hedonism and she can start us off. I'm talking slowly. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to like get my headphones. And stuff All right, right that's fine. Anyway, we've come down to this weekend in hedonism and we are going to talk about food. As we always do, we bring that right up to the forefront because everybody has to eat. Here so, we. well, if you want to live, I suppose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, tell us what you got a recipe for this week. So this week I am doing one of my quick and easy recipes um, because, you know, it, quick and easy is always good. I don't know if Russ was a fan of this when this was made a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm pretty much a fan of everything you make so well, this is what we did at angel's party that we had here oh yeah that was fun yeah okay yeah so absolutely. anyway this is a beef taco skillet it takes um about 20 minutes from start to finish on it um and it requires some hamburger uh some diced onion if you like onion some taco seasoning tomato soup sour cream if you like sour cream uh some corn either frozen or uh, whole kernel can it's it's your choice that again is optional as well some picante sauce or salsa um water and some flour tortillas and this is a one of those you cook your uh hamburger and then dump everything else in the skillet till it's hot and serve it uh, and you need some cheese too of course because all mexican food's better with cheese so anyway i'm pretty sure uh, all mexican food contains cheese too i don't think probably sure. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we had um i had several friends over one night and we needed something uh quick i've mentioned this before i'm a pampered chef consultant and i was i had a uh, try before you buy party and a friend came over and brought several family members and they wanted to try out my new cast iron cookware so we did this in one of the cast iron skillets and apparently everybody liked it so including russ which i was wondering if he was going to like it or oh not, yeah so. no it was fine no no problem with it whatsoever so, so anyway it was it was quick it was easy and again it was done in 15 or 20 minutes so so there you go all right very good so moving on from food we come to liquor because we don't really talk about non-alcoholic beverages <laughs> uh, because what's the fun in that uh i'm going to talk about russell's reserve kentucky straight bourbon whiskey which is a bottle that i have i have the single barrel edition there there's also a regular 10 year this is a product put out by the wild turkey distillery uh it's a handcrafted small batch bourbon and rye blend created by their master distiller jimmy russell and since it has the same name as me it's kind of awesome. It's funny because Jimmy Russell is the name of both myself and my brother. So that's, yeah, that's cool. true. <laughs> uh, his master distiller son, Eddie Russell, is also involved in this. It uniquely reflects the expertise that comes with their over 94 years of combined experience. It's a beautiful deep amber color with a uh, nose rich in vanilla oak and toffee. And we'll get more into all that in a minute. It's mellow warmth is balanced by notes of white pepper and orange peel. This is, of course, notes by Wild Turkey Them, themselves. Right. Uh, it was awarded a 95 point at the Chairman's Trophy Finalist Distinction at Ultimate Spirits Challenge. So, there you go. Apparently, it's it's good, at least uh, on that particular day at that particular contest. <laughs> um, so, anyway, some details about Russell's Reserve. And, uh, again, this is specific to Russell's Reserve 
in general, not necessarily the, the bottle I have here, um, because there are different expressions, but they all have the same mash bill. They're all 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. The proof on the single barrel, which is what I've got here, is 110. That's 55% ABV. Uh, the region, of course, is Kentucky. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. The color, rich reddish amber, as we've already talked about. And the nose on it is very quintessential bourbon-like. Lots of caramel, vanilla, toasted bread, sugariness, like candy corn sugar, brown sugar, cinnamon, and a little bit of like salted chocolate or chocolate-covered pretzel almost. So you, So you can kind of get the idea that it's... Uh, bread, salt, and sweet. That's that's a pretty uh, telling characteristic of wild turkey expressions. And the thing of it is, all wild turkey sort of has this, what uh, is called the wild turkey funk. You can almost always identify something that comes out of the distillery because it has a, it has a sort of je ne sais quoi that uh, identifies it as wild turkey, and this is no different. Uh, on the taste, you definitely get more classic bourbon notes. You get caramel, butterscotch, creme brulee, uh, light berry flavor, that wild turkey funk, cinnamon, light, n- like not super charred oak, but almost uh, just sort of plain oakiness, uh, a little bit of apricot, and definitely some rye spice. All of that is in there. I'm going to take one quick sip here so I can uh, see if I get anything else. Nope. Sure no. <laughs> All that's definitely in there, though, and that wild turkiness is definitely present. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I mean, any of the expressions have it. The 81, the 101, the rare breed, the Russell's Reserve, it's it's there in all of them. Uh, The finish on this one, especially the single barrel, is longer than the 10-year. This this lasts for a while. It coats the palate. You can kind of feel it like going through the mouth and down the tongue and down the throat. It's definitely there for a while. Um, dark, dark caramel, toasted oak, a light toasted oak, cinnamon, uh, some of that vanilla, maybe butterscotchy, and a hint of mint, and that definitely sort of rye, peppery spice. It's all in there in the end, and it does last quite a bit, probably 34 second, 30 or 40 seconds. Uh, it's on the palate, uh, so easily enough to last between one sip and the next. And uh, overall, for classic bourbon flavor, and the fact that it's from the wild turkey, you know, breed of flavors, uh, I'm a fan. Russell's Reserve is not my favorite of the wild turkeys. I like the rare breed a little bit better. Rare breed also happens to be a little cheaper. Uh, but I got this bottle fairly cheap. I think normally it runs between 55 and 60 bucks. I got it for 40 so it was well worth the investment. And um, overall, it's really good. I'm going to give it... I don't think I can quite put it in the 90s, so I'm going to give it as close as I can without putting it in the 90s. That means 89. So uh, I think uh, I think the price hurts it a little bit. I'd probably give it a low 90s if it was cheaper. But uh, you know, overall, it's not bad. But if I had to do it and I was and I was paying for you know full price or MSRP for a wild turkey, I would get the rare breed. I think it's better and it's less money. Anyway, there you go. Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And Bill's going to talk about another classic bourbon because yeah. you uh, picked up a- 
I'm falling asleep. Uh, no, yeah, I, I picked up a, a bottle of 1792 bottled in Bond. And I uh, just grabbed some info off the website because I just drink the stuff I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. Uh, no, yeah, this is uh, this is off their website, and it gives the what is bottled and bond, which I didn't know. So, in 1897, the Bottled and Bond Act revolutionized the quality of American whiskey. Carrying on that tradition, this well-aged bourbon comes from only barrels filled during the same distilling season and is bottled at exactly a 100 proof for a bold taste, lingering finish, a testament to the Bottled and Bond Act established over a century ago. And the tasty notes on this is true to its heritage. The unmistakable spice of 1792 bourbon is met with notes of charred oak and French mint. Subtle caramel apple tones are delicately balanced with the lingering essence of coffee and black pepper. And um, I don't know. It's pretty good. I like it. I Like I said, <sighs> I enjoy 1792 as well. I've only had the small batch and I keep foolproof on the shelf at all times. I have never had the bottled and bond. Now, I will say that everybody's palate is different, but from all of the people that I have heard review the different 1792s, they all say that the bottled and bond is the weakest of the expressions. Um, <laughs> don't don't burst Bill's bubbles. No, no, no. I said you told me that already. So <laughs> I I said everybody's palate is different, and I'm not sure that Bill has had any of the others. I haven't had any of the others, and they do have the small batch on the shelf at the same place I bought this. But I was like, uh, I don't know. I just saw the bottled and bond, and I remember that goofy tasting stuff we bought in Ohio. <laughs> the the Tom's Foolery? Yeah. yeah, the Tom's Foolery. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I just, maybe it's something odd about the bottled and bond stuff. That's so I was like, no, yeah. bottled and bond means it, it's it's built it's distilled from a single distillery during a single distillery session, and bottled at exactly 100 proof. That's that's what bottled and bond means. So any whiskey can be bottled and bond as long as it meets those criteria. Yeah. Uh, so I I I have to say I like it. I mean I'll uh, I'll probably once I'm done with this bottle I'll probably get the small batch just to try it because they have it. And I, there wasn't much price difference between the two. So no, because the normal small batch I think is like 92 proof or 94 proof, and yeah, you know, bottled and bond's only 100. So yeah, I mean. I didn't see the other expressions on the shelf. I think they only had these two here. So at least at this store, I, I could I could check the other stores too. Yeah, full foolproof is again one of those ones that's sort of on the hard to find list. Yeah. Uh, the the regular one, the seventeen ninety two small batch, that's available everywhere, and it's uh, reasonably priced, like thirty bucks or something. So uh, yeah. yeah, and all the seventeen ninety twos are good. There's a whole lot more expressions than that. They have like a rye, and they have a special edition, and they have other stuff too and i've never seen any of those so <laughs> <laughs> yeah high rye and age 12 years they have a 12 year one they have a sweet wheat yeah and a port finish one apparently the wheat the wheat 1792 is like the holy grail one um, oh really yeah but I have, i've never seen that so i do have a port finished um bourbon or a, i'm not sure it's a bourbon but it's port finished whiskey i think i've talked about it before it's isaac bowman port finished and i like port finished whiskeys i really do but of course i also like ports so there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so there you go you got two things you can try russell's reserve and 1792 bottled and bond if you want to go down that road uh and if not you know see what's on the shelf and try something that looks interesting to you there's lots of great craft whiskey out there and craft uh, other spirits as well, too, depending on whatever your flavor profile is. 
So with that, we have come down to the end of the show. We've gotten through all the amateur radio topics, open source, and hedonism, and we want to mention the folks who joined us in the chat room live tonight. We had Tony, K4XSS, Tom, and for hai Jason, KM4QWM, Stacy KB7YS, Darren, VK6EK, and Steve, K7HVT. Well, thank everybody for stopping by. Thank everybody who listens to the program. Please send us feedback. We want to hear from you about anything at all. Uh, we love to just interact with our folks. Join our Discord check out the youtube channel we're trying to do all kinds of new stuff and pretty soon we're gonna have a radio club to talk about but uh we're gonna not talk about that yet (laughs) but um it might have something to do with linux and the hamshack and there may be some crossover so we'll talk about that when we know more about it but in the meantime we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of linux and the hamshack episode number 361 the 54th edition of the weekender thanks everybody for being here and we'll catch you next time i'm russ k5tux i'm charles w5moo and i'm bill any 4 rd 73 For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.
Linux in the Hamshack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.